Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the One Step Better podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, and today we have a very special treat. We're going to be highlighting the story of uh, Eddie and Brandis Wilmore, who own Be Healthy at Home. Uh, it's a company based out of Texas. I'm going to—I don't want to steal their thunder, so we'll let we'll let them kind of talk about what they do and the exciting things that they're involved in. But both Brandis and Eddie, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk with me this uh, this afternoon. No, we definitely uh, appreciate you having us on and give us the opportunity to talk about our business a little bit. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, it's always fun to kind of get out of the weeds of actually running a business and, and talk a little bit and reflect about kind of the history and some of the high points and the low points. And uh, so right. hopefully that'll right. be an encouraging moment uh, for, for you guys this afternoon. To get us started, I want you to kind of give us an overview of, of who you are, what you guys do, what how your, uh, your business serves its uh, customers down in Texas. Go ahead, I'll okay. Um, okay, so we, I'm, I'm Brandis Wilmore. Um, I have a background in, um, actually I was started off as a um, paramedic, uh, went into nursing after that, um, started a family, um, multiple areas of nursing, hospital and um, surgical care um, all over the place and started with home health and um, really fell in love with the autonomy and the one-on-one um, uh, way that we have with our patients. I uh, felt like I made a difference um, in the hospitals. We saw them come in and out. Um, we call them frequent flyers. And um, I think that when we're in the home, we can make more of a change. So, you know, you can go in there and look at their food and, and make changes in, in what they're doing um, and kind of finding the root cause of why they're going back and forth to the hospital, um, along with the social support services. And so I think that that really helped me feel that that's what I needed to do. Um, I came home, I decided that we were going to start an agency and it was going to be so <laughs> exciting and so easy. And Eddie jumped on board because that's usually what he does. He follows my crazy uh, thoughts. Of well, well to be honest, she doesn't really give me a choice. So she just says, <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. Works, so. <laughs> I'm doing uh, this and you're doing this too. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly pretty much the whole conversation. It was about that short. So she let me know that this is what we're going to do. And this is a uh, this is going to happen. So just uh, get on board. Yeah. 13 years later, we're still here. Um, I think we just yeah. celebrated our 13th year in February. In February. Yeah. Um, and I'm completely opposite. I'm a uh, IT based background, um, no patient care at all. Um, and yeah, so I basically had IT jobs. I had, uh, I worked for the telephone company for AT&T worked for them for nine years, um, doing management work in there. So um, it's, it's been an interesting transition, um, but a lot of, it's interesting because a lot of the, uh, the data-driven parts of healthcare um, are fairly similar to the same things that we use to manage at AT&T. So it's yeah. been an easier transition than I actually thought it would be, but um, it's, been, it's been a really great transition. It's been very nice. So 13 years now, yeah. that's a long time. I would imagine that you have some really good success stories and some Oh my goodness, what in the world am I doing stories? I won't get into some of those, but I have to know, Brandis, you could have you could have done anything. You could have went and got a job at a home health agency. You could have, you know, continued doing what you're doing, but you didn't do that. Instead, you said, I'm gonna go start my own business. What was the driving factor behind wanting to go out on your own and do your own thing versus just join up with somebody else and and what they have going? Um Naivety, I think. <laughs> I, you know, seriously, I think um, a lot of people told me that when I was thinking about it and, and brought it up, 
Um, everyone said it was, it was, why would you do that? That's, it's not, you're not able to do that. Don't do that. And, um, and I'm kind of like, why not? Like, I don't understand. I think some people, what drives me is when I get told no. And I think <laughs> it's kind of, it gets me in trouble sometimes, but you know, <laughs> when I was younger, it got me in big trouble, but now yeah. I think it's really, you know, the no is really motivating to me. And so I kind of feel like um, even when you're talking about relationships and building markets and expanding and learning what kind of deals and, um, and opportunities are there, um, no is just a starting point. So I think that that was what drives me um, to do it on my own. I never really thought it was going to be this big. I just wanted something to do, um, you know, just a, a way of life, uh, you know, that we were going to be able to live comfortably, um, that we were going to be able to serve our community. And I was going to be able to spend more time with the kids and just watch them grow and possibly hand it down to them. So it wasn't something that I was really imagining taking off as, as much as it did. How many locations do you guys have now? Currently five. five. Yeah. Working five. on uh, six and seven. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I, so I, I was looking, thinking back about, you know, whenever you guys first came on board with our services, I wanted to say it was three, maybe four, um, yep. and then expanded since then. Cause that's been, goodness, it's been, is it two years now going on two years, a year and a half or so? Yeah, it's been a couple of years and we were obviously significantly smaller back then. We were, yeah, I think we were one and we, we just opened those couple of uh, locations. But um, since that time, we've entered into a joint venture with Postacute. They're a large rehab company all over the U.S. Pam right? Health. Pam Health. I'm sorry, <laughs> they just changed their name uh, to Pam Health. Um, so they allowed us to really, really expand our footprint all throughout Texas and hopefully soon into, into Colorado. Yeah. Weather's a little bit different in Colorado than it is down in Texas. <laughs> I could use some of that weather right now. Yeah, it's I uh, bet. Yeah, it's about 90, 95, 97, and you know, 80% humidity. Oh, so y'all are having a cool streak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nice and cool today. Yeah. Yeah, and, nice. And great. You know, um, I have a good social support system. Like we have a group of girls that all own their own businesses and and that really helps motivate me uh, to really want to be more than what I can be. And when I'm feeling sorry for myself, I can talk to them <laughs> and we can discuss certain things that I think other people cannot understand. And, um, you know, now that I have my partner with Pam Health, you know, it's a one man owned company and, uh, you know, he, him, he had his own struggles. I see yeah. him as an advisor and, and the things that he continues to move and push through barriers and then people thinking that he can't do it and then continuing to prove them wrong um, mm -hmm. year over year. So I think that there was, those kind of things are really motivating to us. That makes such a big deal just to have somebody to say, you know what, today sucks and I'm really struggling with this and, and what's going on. And just to have that pat on the back and say, yep, it's going to suck, but you're going to well, get through it. That's, a, it's, it's that's not it, talked about enough. It, it's very difficult for someone that doesn't own a business to understand what you yeah. get through on a daily, monthly, yearly basis. So yeah. having those, those types of individuals that have been in the positions, you know, with you know, payroll and just cash flow, just just daily issues. It's very nice to have someone that can can relate to you in that manner and <laughs> give you advice. Yeah, you know. it's a yeah, different I'm level of empathy. <laughs> yeah, a little empathy is great too. Sometimes. Our happy hours are pretty boring. It sounds like just a bunch of people complaining about payroll and, <laughs> and different types of strategies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes that's that's absolutely needed. So I want to go back to you know 13 years ago. And you guys are just starting to kind of kick at this, kick the tires of this thing and figure it out. What are some of those early days, you know, 
I, you just want to put your head in the sand and say no more. Did you ever have those moments where you thought, you know what, let's just fold up shop now and we'll go figure out something else with our life? <laughs> Um, yeah, lots of times. I think we still continue to have those. Um, uh, yeah, in the early, in the early days, I mean, you know, there's business is hard to come by, and you know that that particular industry, there are huge companies that dominate the market. Yeah. So a startup with you know five people total working there, it, it's very difficult to get a get a hold on on business and the, just. Um, getting patients, market, everything that goes along with business. Um, and we were lucky enough to, uh, to just stumbled upon some friends that were in the, in the industry. Uh, well, they're friends now, but back then they were strangers. <laughs> so upon them, they helped us out. I mean, a ton with yeah. um, just letting us know the in and outs of the business. I mean, just out of the goodness of their heart, to be honest with you. I mean, and it, we're, yeah. And yeah. I think it also comes full circle. I mean, there's people that I didn't realize that helped me along the way. Um, that you meet and this happens with any business mm-hmm. you meet them along mm-hmm. the way and you figure out that that person is, is sitting at the top of something that's going to be able to get you to where you need to go um, and you know I think the biggest lesson is is asking for help mm-hmm. um, and not not doing it on your own I mean you know I think that it takes a community to make something like this work um, and especially in healthcare I mean it comes full circle so you don't burn any bridges <laughs> you keep those relationships and sooner or later it, it somehow all kind of works together yeah, that's that's interesting. So whenever you were thinking about and planning up for your first hire, who was the first outside person to join your company and what role were they in? Who was um, it? Was, um, it was an RN. It was an RN yeah. administrator position mm-hmm. um, that would on they so they would admit new patients. Um they're no longer with us. <laughs> Shows um, yes. That first hire. But yeah, that was a, and it was it was a, it was a good friend that had zero experience. And I again, I came in and said, "It's going to be easy. I'll teach you everything." <laughs> yeah. Um. And I and sometimes you forget that home health is a beast that um, takes a certain type of person to love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So as you hired that person and began to try to figure things out, what? What are some of the things that you wish you could go back and do over again? Because, you know, I mean, I just really messed that up. I could probably answer some of that. Um, I think the main issue, the main thing is not to hire family to help you, to be honest with you. Um, depends on the family, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it, you you view them as someone that you can trust and that they'll take care of your yeah. business for you. And, and it, in our particular case, it turned out to be exactly the opposite. So um, that would be one of the main things is, is better, uh, diligence hiring on at the beginning. Yeah. What are, what are some of the bigger challenges? Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm just saying I'm hiring the right person and not just trying to fill, you know, a seat. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys, a lot of the business owners that I'm talking with around now, one of their bigger struggles is staffing. Are you guys Mm -hmm. running into personnel issues and uh, having the ability to bring on the right people? Is that a big challenge for you guys right now? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, it's clinical issues right now. So clinicians are extremely hard to find. Um, the hospital systems are hiring them at, you know, well above what we can pay in general. So the the nursing, the therapists, they're all committed to hospitals or insurance companies or, or the guys with humongous pockets that can pay them unlimited amount of money. Um, I think what also comes against us is that in home health, was you, you had the more 
older nurses or, or you know, seasoned nurses. Um, and um, now they're retiring. So they're exiting that, that, um, that industry. And so I think what now what we've been really focusing on is going to these new grad programs, really getting involved in the education to show that home health is an industry that people can, can embrace and it's not going away, it's just growing. And now that with COVID, has really made a big um, spotlight on us. And so we're, we now have a seat at the table and people are yeah. starting to take this seriously as, um, as a good business. As industry, right? Did you guys, as when COVID first kind of started getting introduced back, what, March-ish of 2020, from that time in, in kind of those early days, did you start to see a spike of business because people were wanting to, I guess, more kind of isolate at home and seek and have care at home? Right, yeah, so the, exactly, so the, they didn't want to be in facilities or so hospitals yeah. like a rehab. So they would, they want all wanted to go home to be safe, you know, and that spiked our business um, in a huge way. So they would discharge early to home. We would get sicker patients than we're generally used to, but you know, as far as, as business, it, it drove our business significantly uh, from March, even till now. Yeah. It was an interesting yeah. um, curve. You know, it, it went, mm-hmm. it went initial decrease and then instantly spiked up. And then, you know, it's like they had remorse of going back too soon or, or not really wanting anybody in their home. So it had to be a, a creative approach and making sure that the patients were safe at home. They had family that we had a presence, but then we couldn't necessarily go into their home because they weren't letting us. So we had to try uh, again, a lot of the zooms and virtual telemonitoring. Um, telemonitoring. Yeah. yeah that really came into play. It's expensive. We don't, we still don't yeah. get reimbursed for it. So yeah, as, a, as an industry, we don't get reimbursed for, for telemed at all uh, physicians, you know, uh, other systems do, but unfortunately we don't at this, at this time. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's going to be interesting to see how those trends continue forward. Cause I think it, it, I think a lot of people got a lot more comfortable with that type of care. Um, and to see how that's going to continue out in the future is going to be interesting because that's going to have a major effect on you guys and what y'all do overall. Do you think that's going to continue out or, or do you think the kind of things will start to more normalize back in, into your industry? Oh, I think it's just going to get, it's going to increase significantly. I mean, I think um, there are so many different platforms right now to choose from. So, you know, I think the cost is going to come down naturally. And I, I think that we will get some kind of um, payment. Um, yeah, there's legislation. Packet. There is legislation yeah. out there to get us paid for those those types of visits. And I mean, I, I would hope it's only a matter of time before we start getting reimbursed for that. The greatest thing about that is, um, again, people tell me no. And I'm always thinking innovation and people tell me to slow down. My ADD gets the best of me. Um, but I think that I invested in telehealth three, four years ago mm-hmm. um, and spent a lot of money on robots and um, telemonitoring, uh, re- remote patient monitoring and different things like that, because I wanted to set myself apart from all these other huge, big company competitors. And so what really um, gave us the advantage now was that we have the data to support back then what was going on. So while everybody's starting to figure out their processes and protocols, I already had that done three or four years yeah. ago. So I thought that really helped. And it, it makes me feel a little bit like I know what I'm doing. Because <laughs> yeah. sometimes I feel like when they come to me and they're like, you're the professional, you tell me. And I'm like, what, me? I'm the grown up? No way. <laughs> so. I'm still sitting at the kids table. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's being very modest. She's very good at strategy, um, future strategies, uh, and then incorporating technology. And in. we work on that together. So she, she's being modest, 
because she's uh, she's very good at that piece of it. Yeah. It, you know, you guys don't, a company can't grow like y'all have grown without having some really quality people, at, you know, leading the way. And I think that's a reflect, you know, your growth, your success is really a reflection of, of both of you guys and, and how you lead your organization. It's, it's really neat to be on the outside, being able to look in and, and kind of have some of these conversations along the way that we finally get to sit down and actually document in more of a long form. And so, I think that's a testament to, to how well you guys are leading your organization. Well, thank you. Yeah. I think, I think again, I, we hire people that know way more than we do because I have the ideas. Yeah. I just, I'm not great at implementing them. <laughs> so yeah. we have people to do that and they're great. And I think uh, a lot of people block me from other people because I do kind of go off into a tangent of like, let's do this. We can do this. And what about this? And let's do it now. <laughs> um, and so we have the right people in place to have good processes yeah. and making sure everybody kind of just slow down. <laughs> Don't listen to her. Let's get the processes in place so that we have to do outcomes. Does that ever uh, does that ever get frustrating for you to have all these ideas and it's like, all right, I need people to move a little bit quicker. Come on, let's let's get this going. <laughs> it does for me. It does for me. <laughs> yeah, I did. We did a. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Patrick Lincioni. He's kind of a business consultant guy. Uh, he he kind of has a, a framework of of work. It's called Working Genius. And he essentially categorizes things that you like to do and the things that you're good at doing into six different categories. One of those is uh, uh, tenacity. It's essentially the ability to, to finish the last 15, 20% of whatever the task is. And I have none of that. That is not me. I'm, I'm like a, on the front end, I'm the creator, the ideas guy, let's do this, let's do that. But then when it comes to implementing and taking it to the finish line, that's not my jam. Uh, and sometimes that frustrates my team because they're like, Mike, we got to get this finished before we can move on to the next thing. And that sometimes frustrates me because it's like, we'll finish, we'll figure that out later. Let's, let's, let's um, go this route. Do you experience the same thing where it's like, it's yeah. kind of a, a push and pull with your you people Brandis, about those things? You and Brandis are pretty much twins in that department. Yeah. She's, yeah. Uh, she likes to throw out ideas and then, uh, and then push everyone to, so I haven't finished. Why aren't you finished with it yet? So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah she, she's kind of that bulldog on that end, pushing the ideas. And, uh, you know, our poor team is working as hard as they can <laughs> to get everything <laughs> implemented and going. But, I mean, they do a fantastic job and she, she works really well with all of them. So um, they make us look good. They make us That's <laughs> right. they definitely make us look good. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. So reflected back again, well, more on the positive side for 13 years, what are some of those highlights? What are the success stories that, that you've been able to be a part of? Oh, you know, it's so funny. We have to, um, part of our regulations, um, do quality improvement plans or um, meetings every quarter. So I pull uh, usually weekly, um, usually, yeah, probably weekly. I, I pull the patient satisfaction um, list and they can write little things about their nurses or their therapists or just how overall their care. Um, and so there's some really positive things on there. Um, I'll have people send cards um, or then I'll just see people in on the street and actually you just ran into somebody and they mm -hmm. were like, do you work at Be Healthy at Home? Yeah. Because I had somebody take care of my aunt or something and they did excellent job and blah, blah, blah. And so, and, and I think that social media is a big thing, you know, getting yourselves out there because people are able to recognize you and, and see what you do. Um, and I think having different ways of care, we had um, our pet therapy team go out to the assisted living facilities and just really um, work together with our therapists and our, um, our patients and, and their families. And I think stuff like that is what's very, very successful and rewarding. I mean, I, I've always told him, 
you know, if we lost it all and, um, you know, we do something else, this is, this is exactly what I wanted to do. I mean, nobody can say that they've, you know, it's not like I, I had a store that I sold, you know, cookies. I mean, people feel good about cookies too, but you know, we're doing <laughs> something, we're making a difference. People, this is people's lives. And so I think yeah. this is, I feel like I've done something good with the company. And awesome. I think the vision that she had at the beginning or the company she was working for is they were more business driven and less yeah. compassion and customer service driven. And I think we've implemented that. That's one of the big successes for me is we've implemented it and we still practice it daily. And our team has bought into it. They understand what we're looking for, what the patient needs, and they, they execute it every day. So yeah. that's, probably the, that's probably one of my best, um, best feelings about the company. I think, you know, with service industry and customer service as a whole, it has taken a huge dive. Mm-hmm. And people think that they can just, you know, Mail it throw something at you yeah. and just be happy that they, they gave it to you. And I think that if you just say and do what you say you're going to do, you can be a far better than any other agency or any business you do well at. So I think, you know, that really sets us apart is that we do what we say we're going to do um, and we communicate well with our families. And I expect that from everyone. I don't think that's too yeah. hard of you. <laughs> yeah. That's funny that you say that. Cause that's something that we, we actually did a podcast on customer service. And that's one of the things that came up. I think it probably hadn't come out yet, but um, it's interesting that the bar has been set so low in customer service that doing what you say you're going to do makes you excel above and beyond everybody else. Like, that's just so sad. (laughs) Down to the level of just calling people back, right? I mean, that doesn't happen much anymore in general with businesses, especially customer service businesses. So, I mean, it's easy stuff. Uh, very simple things, but you know, I mean, not a lot of people are doing it right now. Why? I don't know. I and I still just, have yeah. my number on everything and, and people call me and they'll, they think that they're just calling the office. If, if nobody picks up at the office, it rolls over to my cell phone. So it's really kind of interesting to see some of the calls that I get. So <laughs> I know the day-to-day complaints and yeah. frustrations and wait times. And so we, we go through those constantly because that's really a big a big thing to me, you know, you drop what you do and you handle the situation and you speak to them with compassion and you understand they're frustrated. Um, and, and I think that part takes a special person. And luckily, you know, our front desk person is amazing. She's so sweet and always make time for her, uh, for people on the phone. And, you know, and I listen to her talk when I go into the office sometimes and I'm like, that is so sweet. Like, that's exactly what I want. Cause you know, I'm too busy to do it right now, but I love that somebody is doing it. So that's great. So yeah. Yeah, that, that makes a world of difference. So looking forward five, 10 years, uh, you know, what, what's next? What's, what's on the horizon? Well, um, we're going to take over, no, we're going to take over the world. <laughs> uh, we're going to take over as many areas of the U.S. that we can kind of match um, partners, Pan, Pan Health. Pan health. Uh, we're going to match them everywhere that they have a location. We're going to try to match them with a the home health. So uh, that's the ultimate goal um, in the next five, 10 years. Yeah. Where, where all are they located? You said you mentioned all over, like hundreds um, of locations. Oh, yeah. Florida, they have a lot of locations. They have um, Texas Las Vegas. Las Vegas, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think they're at like 53 hospitals, I want to yeah. say. I don't quote me, but I know that they're also acquiring many and building many. So mm-hmm. they're just a beast of a system. And I think 
they changed to the health. I mean, I'm not going to speak for them, but I think they changed to PAM Health because of the fact that it no longer just is our uh, inpatient rehab facilities and LTACs, uh, short-term, long-term care uh, hospitals. Um, they wanted to capture the full spectrum, which is why, you know, partnership with us, <clears throat> partnership with us, and then and tapping into the behavioral health and, and really investing in their outpatient systems and, and really feeling how far they can go as a company. And when it comes yeah. to healthcare, I think that's amazing. And just to be part of that system is just amazing. So I, I can't, I can't explain how much of a blessing that is and, yeah. and, and how that came about. I don't even know. Again, it's just those things that people, you know, one person and this person is the other person yeah. and you're just talking to the right person and you know, it could have happened to anyone. And, and again, yeah. like you said, I'm not, I'm not giving anything there special. Um, I don't have a, um, a hidden secret. Um, I think the thing is when, when people come to work for us, it's just about personal uh, communication and care and, and giving that comes customer service. So. Yeah. And it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, a passing thing, you know, 13 years ago, Brandon, so I'm going to start this company. Okay, fine. It's <laughs> turned into this is, is, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, it's quite an accomplishment. Uh, you know, it shows the kind of uh, uh, hard-headedness that Brandis has. <laughs> she wants to know for an answer, and it's gonna it's gonna happen. She's gonna make it work. So. He wasn't always smiling. <laughs> I tell you what, Eddie, you're you're a good wingman. You, you know, you're, you're always encouraging. That's that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Well, I have all these wrinkles in my head, you know, from frowning for the first thirteen years. So I'm trying to be happy for the next part of it. Finally get to finally get to relax a little bit and open up. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Well, I know for the the past couple of years that we've been able to work with you, um, it's been it's been a joy getting to know you, getting to know your organization, uh, helping where we can. Uh, you know, I, th- I think that we've been. I know Eddie from goodness gracious first conversation way back when yeah. uh, between the two of us, it was pretty clear that you guys were doing something special and and really you had your your ducks in a row and, and had things figured out. Uh, and to see the success that you guys have had over the past couple of years has been really encouraging. And so I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to talk with me. Tell our listeners a little bit, if they want to know more about uh, what you guys are doing or connect with you, how can they find you? Well, we have a uh, social media, so we have a presence on uh, LinkedIn, Be Healthy at Home. Um, I have a Facebook page, Be Healthy at Home. And um, again, my direct email is brandis at behealthyathome.com and you can usually all of our eddie at behealthyathome.com so <laughs> <give that> one <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're really pretty approachable people and and always looking for um good relationships and partnerships absolutely excellent well thank you guys very much and if you're a listener we'd love for you to subscribe to our channel make sure you don't ever miss an episode of the one step better podcast if you have questions for us you could always reach us at one step better at patrickcounty.com Remember to follow us on social media, all the places that you listen to podcasts, and we'll look forward to, uh, to seeing you guys next time. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.